Okay, everybody, uh, there has been a tragedy in the world. Uh, sadly, uh, another school shooting, and we're going to talk about that. And some of the misperceptions about what technology can solve what it can't solve. And then also how our kids are dying, because there's some misinformation out there, Molly, about what's actually killing our kids. And it's uh, has a lot to do uh, with the last couple of years we've been through. So I think it's an important discussion. It's a hard discussion, but I'm glad we had it. It is. And stay with us. We're going to we're going to cover a lot of ground here. We're going to do a lot of processing in real time and we're going to pull ourselves back from the brink occasionally. And I, I, I really encourage you. Everybody is just trying to understand uh, ourselves included. So roll yeah. with us through it. It's a it is a tough not conversation. Easy. It's not easy. Yeah. And we are trying to counter the hopelessness by talking about whatever solutions we can come up with at this point. You know? Yeah. And then yeah. we'll move on to uh, some startup news. Mental health startup uh, Cerebral is getting probed by the DOJ uh, because apparently it's very easy to get Xanax and Adderall um, through a telemedicine option that they have been providing. Yeah. An overcorrection to one of the many crises in this country. And then finally, just briefly, a breaking story. Jack Dorsey stepping down from Twitter's board. It's going to be a hell of a show. Let me put it that way. Yeah, it's a heck of a show. Yeah, stick a with heck us. of a show. Stick with us. Important show. This Week in Startups is brought to you by Coda. Coda is the all-in-one doc for teams. If you've got a stack of niche workflow tools or if you're buried in docs and spreadsheets, Coda is the doc that brings it all together. Startups can get a $1,000 credit at coda.io slash twist. Odoo. Odoo is a fully customizable and fully integrated suite of business apps that lets you build and scale your stack as you build and scale your business. Your first app is free forever. And right now, Odoo is offering $1,000 off your first implementation pack at odoo.com slash twist. That's O-D-O-O dot com slash twist. And swag.com. Swag.com is the best place to buy, customize, and distribute custom gifts and promotional products. They work with some of the best brands like Yeti, North Face, Ember Mugs, and more. Visit swag.com slash twist and use code twist for 10% off your order. Hey, everybody. It's Wednesday. But it's a sad Wednesday. Uh, we had a school shooting again yesterday. 19 elementary school kids murdered, two adults murdered, so third and fourth graders, uh, by an 18-year-old with an AR-15. Couldn't have guessed that, I guess. Uh, I don't even have to read the sentence to know it's going to be an AR-15-style weapon. Yeah. With uh, literal killing machines, um, which seem to be so freely available, uh, that one combined with, one can only assume, mental health issues. Uh, we get this incredibly toxic tragedy that keeps reoccurring here in the United States. This all happened in a small city in Texas. Uvalde, Uvalde, I believe is how it's pronounced. Uvalde, yeah. Uvalde. Yeah. Um, and this is unbelievably frustrating. I thought Steve Kerr, did you see Steve Kerr's uh, statement on Twitter uh, yeah. yesterday? Yeah. Instead of talking about the Warriors um, versus um dallas game he said i'm not going to talk about the game i'm just going to talk about how frustrating it is that 90 percent of the country wants reasonable background checks for guns not talking about banning guns just reasonable background checks 90 percent 90 percent nine zero and then we have i, I guess a 50 50 split in uh, the senate and 50 people on one side uh refuse to approve what i believe is called hb8 
which is supposed to be a bar it's named a bipartisan bill so here we are why are we talking about this here well um because it's important to us as parents it's important to all of you and there's some technology here um that people are talking about technology is not gonna uh solve this kind of problem it can reduce the number of deaths in children um there's been a lot of great work on all the different categories of ways kids die but i bring it up molly Mm-hmm. Um, because I know you and I care deeply about this because we have kids in yeah. schools. Yeah. And, uh, you know, every couple of years we go through this. And I think it's important for us to have a discussion about it here. There is no technology that's going to stop this from happening. These weapons are so powerful that even if you had armed guards at the front of schools, you know, you would basically be involved in a shootout. Uh, and best case, you know, 50% of the time we might be able to stop people if, you know, if it was a, it was an even fight 50 50, a lot of times, mm-hmm. candidly, the police themselves are outgunned, they don't carry this level of armaments on their hip. Uh, yeah. You know, they tend to have them in trunks of every other car or something. Uh, but this is just absolutely um, mind bogglingly frustrating. And I think a dialogue needs to occur. Uh, that's, it's important for all of us to have this dialogue it affects every American. Uh, we need to have this dialogue about not banning guns because we know that's not going to happen in this country uh given second amendment and how slowly the constitution works but like cannabis like gay marriage we should be able to have some correlation (laughs) reasonable correlation between what the majority of what the country wants and what our representatives do Um, Mm -hmm. and so I've, i've been on the back channel talking with affluent people uh you know people with power and money um and status um about some fundraising around um just helping maybe get the republican party off of the nra uh because it really is a money issue the nra which is kind of waning now it had just had a ton of money previously to yeah. buy off these representatives yeah. um they're kind of waning now they've, they've got their own problems but we do need to have a path forward here um, oh yeah <laughs> we definitely and, do yeah. Um, I, I would, this is going to feel like a little bit of a side note, but I would encourage everybody to read this Adam Gentleson book called Kill Switch. It's about the filibuster and it's about uh-huh. the history of the filibuster and how it has been used and how it was created. And it is incredibly enlightened, enlightening. And the book opens with, uh, Gentleson himself was the chief of staff maybe for, um, not Harry Reid, the guy who was the, maybe it was Harry Reid. And he, the, the book opens in the aftermath of the Sandy Hook shooting mm. and at a time, and, and these poll numbers remain the same when 70 or 80% of Americans and up approved, yeah. you know, universal background checks and common sense restrictions on the availability of weapons like the AR-15. Yeah. And, and the, the, I mean, the Republican Party has been a wholly owned entity of the NRA for decades. That's just the simple fact. And the filibuster works such that nobody even has to stand up and filibuster, right? They just sort of like signal, Not nobody has to put their name on it. They just Mm. signal silently, we're going to filibuster this, and then Mm. the bill dies. Mm. And so it opens with him in the office with Sandy Hook parents and Harry Reid, I think. I may have the name wrong. Um as this bill dies and there's not a thing that they can right. do about it. Not a thing. Yeah, so there's like, there are like, we're, we're literally turning to 
private fundraising and technology to solve a problem that really is like about the fact that we don't have a functioning government. There is some dysfunction in the government in very specific issues. It feels like some issues we do okay with, but my Lord, this polarization, you know, whether it's Trump or social media or some combination of it or, but we, we do need to figure out a way to solve for, I don't know, pandemics, guns, I mean, right? immigration, yeah, uh, women's health, abortion. Like, right, like maternal mortality, like education. Just a small, yeah. Just a small cohort of things seem to really be yeah yeah clogging up the system the hb8 summary i don't none of this seems to me I, and i am a gun owner um so i'll just put that out there and i believe that people should have the right to own a gun um i don't know if they should have the right to own certain types of guns mm -hmm. or unlimited guns or magazines but i have personal safety issues obviously mm -hmm. i'm a high profile person and i am a trained like trained by the like literally a cia person i'm not anti-gun uh, no. i was trained i'm from montana like You're I am from Montana. From Montana. Had, I do not want to. I was sure raised to believe that we shouldn't yeah. live in a country where only the cops have guns. Like fundamental. Right. Perfect. The, and so on. you're, I'm assuming you're not for an all out ban on guns, but gun control. Yeah. Some restrictions. I yep. think if, if I were to summarize. So there 100%. you are. You know, we're both, I guess most people would say we're left leaning. Uh, maybe you further to left than me. I might be considered more of a moderate. I don't know where you put yourself on the spectrum today. It's kind of hard to do now. I feel like it literally the depends on the day. And also, yeah, like we're politically homeless because like, honestly, I look at, you know, where we are today. I look at all the failures to pass gun control legislation yeah. and I'm like, oh yeah, that was Democrats, right? Remember the Clinton years? Remember the like, yeah. and it, it was Democrats killing, not being willing to kill the filibuster to be right. clear, right? There's like this one specific thing that they've allowed to break the Senate for a hundred mm -hmm. years. But yeah, like, I am at the point now where I'm just like, am, am I just an anarchist? Like, yeah, it's hard to put yourself on a spectrum when they keep taking issues that we thought were on one side and throwing them to the other and abandoning certain things. And, and you know, it used to be, I mean, Republicans me be, didn't believe about, they believed like religion shouldn't have anything to do with politics. And then right. they embraced like hands off of everything. And then they went fully adventure. I well, mean, they were, they were not into big spending. And then all of a sudden Trump spent more than anybody. So I believe unquestionably, I will say this and I will not back down that in my lifetime, the GOP has become a death cult. <laughs> they do have some so, really extreme. So views. let me just be clear. Not that one. <laughs> um, not that one. Yeah. So <laughs> you're definitely not in that one. Death and cult. Uh, yeah. You're a startup, you know you have to save where you can. I'm talking time, money, bandwidth, and that's why we love Coda. Coda is the one document to rule them all. In Coda, your text and your tables, they can live together in the same document, which means all your valuable data, objectives, and strategies are all in one place. Nothing's going to get lost, and your team is literally on the same page. Coda works right out of the box, and it's fully customizable. You can create a wiki for your team, you can onboard your new hires from anywhere, and you can react quickly to any changes in your business. And there are templates for basically anything, OKRs, reports, 360s, anything you need to do. In fact, check this out. We made a template for all of our founders because sometimes they don't know how to send an investor update. But if we give them a template, you know what? It becomes easy peasy, lemon squeezy. So if you go right now to thisweekinstartups.com, slash investor updates, you can get a copy of this beautiful investor template. 
that you can use to update your investors on how things are going. So it's a very simple call to action. I want you to join the productivity revolution. Head to coda.io slash twist to sign up and get a $1,000 credit. Yeah. And you know, so but there's let, like so let, much failure here. There's so much failure. To, Maybe we can, you know, like so much failure. How do we like and just to look at HB8? Yeah, as a quick Let's summary, establishes new background check requirements for firearm transfers between private parties. These are unlicensed individuals. Yeah, there are some places where you can just people can sell guns to each other. Does not seem like a great idea. Um, and neither do these gun shows. And neither does there not being a background check in certain mm -hmm. places. So specifically, it's it's prohibiting the firearm transfer between private parties unless a licensed gun dealer, i.e. somebody who would take ownership of this transaction, manufacturer or importer first take possession of the firearm to conduct a background check. This seems like a really good idea. Mm -hmm. Who's against this? Mm -hmm. I don't know. It seems like maybe 10% of the, you know, sort of extremists uh, on the gun control issue are against this concept. I don't yeah. think any of us want somebody selling out of the back of their car or at a gun show, a firearm to an 18 year old with mental illness without just checking, does this person have mental illness? Does this person pass a background check? Like, it, yeah. this is a very simple concept. We have mental illness on the rise to a level that maybe the people who wrote the Constitution and created this great country of ours, maybe they didn't anticipate this level of mental illness and this level of firearm efficacy, like these things. We're going to come to the point where I push back on the mental illness thing, but keep going. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, yep, I mean, yep. I, I know that some of these people are, you know, racist, some of them are evil people. And then it does seem like this is a cohort of young typically white video game, you know, introverted, like kids who, and, and so like, I mean, there's like a lot game. of things. I just, I like, I'm I talking think about that's the an mass easy, that's yeah. an easy out, right? Like, because we are not an outlier and somebody actually, <laughs> I've been using these exact words and somebody responded to you on Twitter. We are not an outlier in America when it comes to mental health. We don't have more mental health issues here than any other country. Right, of course. But we do but have this. We we do have more guns. Yeah. But we're not going to... So in the chessboard, the way I look at it is there's no way to ban the guns. If we can't even get gun control, reasonable background checks in place, yeah. I, I think getting to banning guns is just never going to happen. So I'm kind of looking in a pragmatic way of like, if we can't the ban Venn them... The diagram. Something. Like, yeah. what can we do? Right. Yeah, just with this ultimate frustration, it does feel like mental health in almost all of these mass shooting cases is a piece of it. Um, so and, and what's the downside of having more mental health services? Um, or, or background checking people when they buy something like this for mental health? I mean, we, we do check people when they buy fertilizer, because we know we can build fertilizer bombs, like there's some period of time, I guess, after 911 and, and, and um, Oklahoma yeah. City bombing that we, we thought about these things, like maybe people buying large amounts of fertilizer, we should. I mean, there used to be that or report it in some way or track it, trace right. it. We had an yeah. assault weapons ban in the United States for like yeah. a decade, for 10 years. So we, we have like data. It reduced yeah. gun deaths. Yeah. Um, it, the pro prohibition does not apply to transfers or exchanges uh, or gifts between spouses in good faith. So that, I guess, makes sense. Um, and it passed the House March 11th, 2021, but it's not been voted on by the Senate. Anyway, this sparked a discussion for me about just how many... How are our kids dying? So, you know, sometimes I like to just open up the aperture because if we are going to put resources towards something, we should put it towards things that we get the most bang for the buck, that we get the most efficacy out of. Yeah. So uh, a person named Colin uh, Schlivert, um tweeted at me 
uh, Palmer Lucky, uh, and the Chamath Freeberg Sachs and another VC saying school safety drone company, one to two drones patrol campus 24 seven trained to identify and flag suspicious behavior and weapons i.e., using some kind of AI uh, upon the flag. They swarm a swarm of drones released to harass suspect until police arrive. Who's in again, I applaud all gr- ideas, no bad ideas. A- and maybe someday this s- could possibly work. It's obviously not going to work now. Uh, Palmer lucky um responded very quickly schools are statistically safe uh they this would provide very low benefit to cost even if it worked perfectly and he would know he's building these kind of drones it takes a lot more than one or two drones to surveil a school so technically not possible right now and i'd have to agree with that i don't know if a swarm of drones are going to stop a mentally ill slash evil deranged school shooter with an ar-15 with an AR-15, yeah, uh, or and with you know who knows how many clips and and the and the capacity of the clips that seems to also be an issue. Yeah, I mean, it when takes you like have uh, seconds, it takes seconds to slaughter a classroom with this. Yeah, gun. yeah, it's it's a very very like, powerful fast gun. It's 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 meant to kill people. Like let's be honest, it's not a hunting read. rifle. No, absolutely not. Yeah, yeah. and what? yeah, the reloading is a key issue in all of this. Like I, I and you can get these 30, 40, 50, 60 clips for these different guns different states have different rules about it like the magazine size actually does matter and i don't know any reasonable argument for needing to have more than whatever a standard clip is six to ten um bullets in a gun for protection or safety self-defense hunting sport like you don't need 20 30 40 bullets in here if you do it's because you're in a wartime situation or you're going to murder a bunch of people in a mass shooting. Mm-hmm. There is a, th- there are many startups that have um, actually, uh, that are doing some good work in this area. One of them uh, is a, um, a, 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 I believe it's called Shot Spotter. I had looked at it as an investment. Um, my producers will tell me if I'm mm-hmm. correct in this name in the chat. But it triangulates Molly. They have it actually in Oakland and, and some other areas. It will triangulate through sound microphones yeah, yeah. where the gun was fired from and then police get an alert not that a gun was fired in oakland or san mateo or san francisco's you know like nearby Heights neighborhood it'll tell you the street you does, know does uh, citizen use that the citizen app i think citizen I uses something similar to that because i sometimes you'll get an alert in oakland yeah. that's like you know gunfire detected over here or whatever i think that's when somebody calls the police and say i heard a gunshot or a car you know but this ai is and triangulation service is able to tell like it happened on this city block um and uh the other one that's really um i think going to make a big difference is having uh ids on guns where each gun is id'd in some way now this is super polarizing but it would help you track guns um another uh, and then the other one is obviously like fingerprint technology or somehow having the gun um aligned with the person who owns it i.e the police officer so if you were to wrestle a cop and take the gun out it wouldn't do you wouldn't be able to uh, actually use that gun so there mm-hmm. are some technologies here drones are not going to do it i mean even before a drone we we have open schools putting a fence around schools like in new york city we have very large fences but that's because people wander into them and they're on the street i'm not sure you're stopping somebody even with a 10-foot fence if a person wants to shoot up a school they just put a ladder up against the fence climb the fence yeah. and they're in the school or 
when you let kids in the school, they just follow them in or they shoot them when they're going into school. So, you know, the, I, I think that's not going to be a solution. Listen, right now, capital efficiency and extending your runway is more important than ever. So how are you going to do that? Well, one easy way is to cut costs and run all of your SaaS apps on one platform. And for that, you need to check out Odoo's amazing suite of business apps. It's going to save you so much time and so much money. Using Odoo means you won't have a bunch of different SaaS subscriptions to manage and all that money. Your credit card bill comes every month. You're in shock. Everything you need is already on Odoo. And all you have to do is turn it on when you're ready. And Odoo will only charge you for the apps that you actually use. Odoo has over 40 main apps and over 16,000 in their open source community. We're talking sales, accounting, marketing automation, HR, website builders, and so much more. And this will streamline your business perfectly, aka no more transferring data back and forth from all these disparate products and services that you use. And you'll have one customer support contact across all of your apps, not 20. And the best part? Well, first app is free forever. They're going to give you $1,000 right now off your first implementation pack. That's right. You're going to go to odoo.com slash twist and get $1,000 off. What a generous offer. That's odoo.com slash twist. But this led to a discussion, um, I think, where Palmer Lucky responded. Companies have built products, um, you know, that do things like video and stuff like that, but the timelines don't work. So he knows what he's talking about when it comes to countermeasures. You know, these, these school shootings take place in under 10 minutes, I think, typically. Um, it would be interesting to see the statistics on that. And, you know, most of the deaths are going to occur, sadly, in that period of time. So it's very, I, I think, um, even getting a, a video early, you know, maybe it makes a difference in a city. I'm not sure in a rural area if the police are 20 minutes away, if it makes a difference. Um, you know, yeah, as, as Palmer Lucky says here, the issue isn't finding active shooters, it's delivering death to them in time to matter, which mm. is everybody's got a, everybody's got a phone on them, they can dial 911, you, you got to kill the person uh, in order to stop the shooting or they have to run out of bullets or kill themselves. If saving this is where I, I jumped down the rabbit hole, if saving children is the actual goal, there are better areas to tackle far more children die of pools, for example, and I, and I, I had heard that statistic too. And I believe that to be true until I did a little research. Um, it turns out that things have changed over time. Um, and then I saw this um, New England Journal of Medicine uh, study, which will just pull up this one chart. And I think uh, this is important too uh, to look at. Maybe you can break it down for the audience that's listening, Molly. Um, I mean, every other form of death in America for children has gone down except for firearm-related injuries and motor vehicle crashes. Uh, motor, no, motor vehicle has gone down precipitously. It's gone down, but look at... Uh, sorry, but it's creeping up, right? If you look at this line, you can see that it has yeah, declined. The up, yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I was just looking at the, like, sort of 2018 to 2020. Yeah, just, this chart um, goes from yes, 20... You look, this is the over last 20 time, years. Over right, 20 years. Over 20-year period, most forms of death have, have stayed roughly the same, uh, and firearm injury-related injuries, and it... it is notable There's by one the way other that, that went up massively drug overdoses is and poisoning. drug overdoses and poisoning and so but look at the time frame in which that happened by the way 2019 and up yeah it's right like there's like a huge fentanyl. spike in both of those in the last yeah. three years so covid combined with fentanyl i would say is probably the trend of those two things popping way up um and that probably means that people uh 
there might be some mental health issues here. So some number of the firearm injuries are self inflicted, uh, tragically, and the overdoses are, um, I think, yeah. probably largely like we should say suicides are a big number. Uh, suicides are a big part of that firearm related injury number. So and then if you look at heart disease, drowning, drowning's actually been slowly trending down. Um, I think this is because people have um, gotten rid of uh, high dives. And I know it sounds silly, but like, those kind of high dives and um, uh, slides and stuff like that, that were removed from pools were removed from a reason insurance and insurance had done the tables and said, this is how people die in pools. And slowly over time, people don't put them in pools. And slowly over time, people remove high dives and diving boards from pools, and stop people from diving in pools. Uh, and I bet you cameras also help this. But I did look at a series of startups, interestingly, Molly, uh, in drowning space, there were two specific ones, uh, my producers will grab the names of them and put them in the chat. Uh, one of them was in Sweden, I believe, they were putting cameras in public pools under the water. And then um, the lifeguard would have an iPad. And it would show the number of seconds somebody was in the underwater for using computer vision technology, uh, and then make them turn, you know, from green to blue to red or whatever, and then flash and then alarm. So if somebody's underwater, and they can hold their breath for more than a minute, you would get this. Um, and it's called angel eye. And we'll, we'll just pull that up there as a project. Um, and I think that this is a great place to look um, for startup ideas, I'm going to make the transition from gun shootings and like our legal system, which is the cause of this problem here in the United States, there's no doubt about that. But this is this week in startups. And I think there are, there are noble pursuits here. Um, and I think these drowning systems um, could reduce drowning to almost zero. Because if every camera, if cameras become that cheap, computer vision becomes that cheap, to, to throw a camera in a pool, even a home pool, to alert you when somebody's underwater for too long, and set an alarm off, then when you have your kids in the pool, and you happen to look down at your phone, or the doorbell rings, and you answer the door, you know, I like have abject moments of panic when this happens, I make the kids get out of the pool, or I make them hold hands, and I do a buddy system. But like, even the 30 seconds I run to open the door to get the pizza, and then run back. I'm in a uh, abject state of fear, uh, mm -hmm. because I know about drowning being such a fast occurrence having been uh, worked on an ambulance. And, um, you know, the the other one was very interesting. It was a Bluetooth headset that you wear, like a tiara almost almost like um, uh, Wonder Woman's she you know, she has crown, that. like, you, like the crown, you the but parent or the kid, the kid wears like a little crown, and it goes across your forehead to your temples and then it has a little thing it's it's like a headband is the way to say it wonder woman has not like a crown that sticks up she's got that like band yeah it's like, like a head, like a forehead it's like a head forehead band. band it looks pretty we'll cool. call it a headband so i swim band is a bluetooth enabled sensor and i said oh what does it do it um the bluetooth band and we'll, we'll show a picture of it here very interesting i almost invested in this company and they were just a little too early for me um but uh and, and i might actually relook at it um because now i'm remembering it it, it was a little bit big in the first versions, but kids in a public pool would take them, put them on and go in. Now the Bluetooth doesn't signal you, Molly, interestingly, my, I was like, Oh, so it signals you when they've been underwater? Mm -hmm. it says no. What it does is Bluetooth doesn't work underwater. So when the Bluetooth connection dies, it's one of two situations. Oh, it's been underwater for a certain for number of seconds, long. or the yeah, batteries yeah, yeah. died or Bluetooth has failed the Bluetooth connection. So <laughs> With Apple, this thing would be going off all the time. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, it has an Android receiver. Um, Unfortunately, it, uh, producer Justin points out it looks like that startup maybe didn't make it. 
it's a, hardware is hard and getting yeah. kids to wear this would be hard um it looks a little dorky um but i think like this in the startup graveyard might be one to look at again i thought the computer vision underwater would be I a really like the cameras solution. yeah i really yeah. like the cameras and i think the cameras could work above ground too by the way so i think somebody could just take a standard nest drop cam and build software that when it sees somebody go underwater it knows they're underwater it knows their last location and it mm -hmm. waits for them to pop back up and it knows the number of people in the pool so mm -hmm. even if it just told you there's six people in the pool, now there's five, or there's six people in the pool, three are underwater, three are above water. Just think what that does for a lifeguard in terms of just giving them a little more insight into what's happening in the pool. Um, and then just uh, my idea was to include a spotlight with it. Um, so you have like a mechanical spotlight. If somebody is in the pool, it could, or you could do this with AR as well. I mean, imagine AR glasses that showed the lifeguard or the parent who was in the pool and how many seconds they were underwater or just counted. But anyway, here's a uh, let's I mean, we can play the video maybe without sound. Um, but uh, as you can see here, um, this system looks incredibly sophisticated. I am. I mean, I have to say, I know you mentioned this, and I sort of agree, like, it, maybe we should just move on to other I'm having a hard time with the cognitive dissonance right now of like yeah. all of the ways that we keep kids safe in this country, except um, the one, right? Yeah. Like, it's a hard this is a hard turn. And yeah, I, I'm struggling with it like i have to okay. be honest All because right. it's sort well, of like that's great we should definitely keep kids from dying uh in pools yeah but like it, it's a we i think this might not be the right tone for today okay if that makes sense does that make sense i i yeah i'm not trying I mean, to be critical it's just sort of like if that's I, I an incremental improvement and it is and i would be curious well, I, to I know producers, like, what do you think well what i what i was thinking was i think we need to have a frank discussion of all the ways kids die and then rank them and then systematically go after them. And firearms is number one right now. Right. So firearms is number one. Cars are number two. Right. I think self-driving's got that covered. If, if we get self-driving cars, it's very hard for them to crash into each other. And then uh, fentanyl needs to be addressed. Yeah. Um, and I was just making the point that like swimming is something people are actually working on. And, I, you know. If you like delighting customers and your employees with amazing swag, well, then swag.com is the place for you. It's the best place to buy, customize, and distribute custom gifts, as well as promotional products. Because swag only carries items that people actually want to keep. They've curated an amazing collection of the best products across categories like tech, apparel, drinkware, office supplies, and more. And they offer some of the best brands in the game, like Yeti and Tigo, my favorite. Moleskin, another one of my favorites, Ember Mugs, I love those, and so much more. Remember, during the last read where I told you we were building out our Twist swag bag, well, I asked our fans of the pod to come up with some ideas. Tracy Milligan came up with a JBL speaker. It promotes group listening of the podcast. What a great idea. So we decided to mock it up, and here it is, the JBL Go 3 speaker with the Twist branding on it. How cool is that? So if you have any swag bag submissions, go to swag.com and find your favorite item and then tweet it to TWI startups or email producers at thisweekinstartups.com. You might just win that piece of swag. I want to give you 10% off your first order. I'm not joking. 10% off. It's going to be big money for you. Swag.com slash twist and use the promo code twist for 10% off. Yeah, I I'm get not, it. But I mean, I'm, my intent is for people to actually be educated that Despite the fact that people perceive drowning to be more than guns, guns is actually number just passed. And, you know, who knows if it will stay that way. Cars, but cars are going to continue to get safer is my gut. And so it will be far, by far and away, guns will be the number one killer of kids. But right. probably 
Um, Which honestly is almost the only time, right? Like, and it's so far away. I it's just... Pretty, it's pretty far up there uh, and in it terms of... And, and I don't mean to suggest it's something that we can solve on this show or that the tech industry oh. can solve, like, but I, I just oh, sort of... Oh, no, yeah. That's, that's definitely a disclaimer like, that we're not going to solve on, it. Yeah. The, the solution is going to be some sort of reasonable legislation um, and the tracking of these guns. I do think the technology to track the guns is a big piece of this. Because if we knew where all the guns were, that would be a pretty good start. Um, and to and actually, an assault weapon ban. Let's be honest. Like, yeah, I don't know that why people need to have that level of assault weapons. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. No, um, it's, it's they're way too powerful. So anyway, yeah. uh, I wanted to talk about this. I don't know. Maybe other people don't, um, or maybe you don't. I don't. I don't know. I know. I mean, I think I think we could talk about it. I just think like spending a whole bunch of time on solving drowning. When we know, when you look at this chart and the difference yeah. between those two, th it's just, it's like, it doesn't feel relevant and a bunch of kids just got slaughtered. And so like, if we can right. focus our energy and God help us, if the, if somehow startups could help, then let's focus them on, let's only yeah. talk about guns. Like, cause it yeah. is crazy. Well, and, and crazy. the reason I bring this up is I think there's a misperception. So the reason I brought up drowning and yeah. that drowning could go to zero is that technology can solve that problem. So I think actually, as we, as we wrap this uh, segment. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking through this from like first principles mm -hmm. and looking at and in the, real time. I'm not trying to call in you in real out, time, right? Like and, you're and, processing this in the moment. We like we all yes. are. Like and and here's my thinking: there is a misconception in the world that like drowning occurs more than the firearms. It, do you so think that's a real misconception? Because it is the oh, guy I who has it. like a weapons country company. Well, no, like ten years you ago. I, I, I've heard people say that, I, you know, I, and I had never seen the statistics and I am a very well-read person and I had, and I had studied this space. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you look at firearms, they've always been, you know, uh, you know, three or four times, three or four X, the instances of drowning. And I think this is doing it on per hundred thousand or something. Mm -hmm. um, sorry, my eyesight, I can't see the, the left hand or uh, access, but I think it's deaths per 100,000. Per 100,000. Yeah. Yeah. So you're talking about, is that say one death per 100,000 approximately for mm -hmm. drowning yeah, and then for firearms, it's been around four and then spiked up to six or something. Now, of course, these statistics are going when there's a mass shooting, it's going to affect this, but yeah. um, it's still four X, five X, six, it's now six X. Yeah. And so I think where I've come to in having this discussion, I think it's a productive discussion. And I'm mm -hmm. sorry that somebody in the chat room felt it was disrespectful. But um, I think that's actually very productive. I think there's a lot of misconceptions in the market right now, um, that the problem that problems can't be solved, and that some problems are bigger than others. Mm -hmm. Lesson one, th there's this is the number one killer of kids now guns, yeah. some from suicides, some from shootings. Some from shootings and crimes, right? Th this is all shootings put together. So right. we obviously could break them down. And then there might be different approaches to each one. There is no technological solution is the other factor here. There's no technological solution to solving mass shootings of kids. There's not a technological solution. Right. There is a solution to getting people to the where the firearm was and tracking firearms and making it so police firearms, you know, are triggered. So that was the other thing I wanted to sort of unpack here is that there's this belief amongst people. So false belief, number one, drowning is more and guns are not a major issue. Guns are the number one issue. Now they've exceeded cars. Issue number two, technology won't solve it, right? We've gotten to that point, you got to it faster than I did. Number three, the other things on this list, 
are in fact being solved and will be solved by technology. So that's another revelation I just had in this very moment. We could see drowning go to zero and we could see car deaths go to zero or relatively close to zero with technology. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen with guns. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. And it's not yeah. going to happen either with fentanyl, actually, now that I think about it. If people right. are, I don't know, there's a technological solution to fentanyl overdoses. There is Narcon. What, what is that stuff called? Is it- there are some really interesting drug-based solutions. Like ke- there's a, there's ketamine and then there's one that starts with an L, but they're not necessarily technology specifically. Yeah. I there's mean, Narcan, that's... which actually is saving 75%. So that is, I guess, a technological yeah, yeah. solution. So that, that reverses 75% of overdoses in San Francisco. I mm-hmm. think it's the latest number. So we have like nine a day and two are fatalities and seven recover. So that's about 75% right there. Yeah. Um, and there are testing strips. Um, so for people who are taking pills and thinking they're taking Xanax or whatever, you can actually test. So that, that is another technological solution but um yeah it seems like there are two issues here that are spiking both of them have to do with mental health both of them have to cannot be solved with technology both of them need to be solved with our government yeah that's the bottom line fentanyl yeah. mental health and gun control these yeah. things there isn't there are, there are no technological solutions and if you have one please speak up but i can't think of one right. so to I think that wraps this up nicely. I'm sorry yeah. if people felt it's too soon, but this is the way my mind works. Yeah. I no, immediately go to solutions. You're a really analytical person and you're like, what can I solve and what can't I solve? Right. And I respect that. I think there's a lot of I, value yeah. in going down that road. And I'm, I, again, I'm not trying to call you out. I think we just, I was feeling like we were spending a little much time on the pool <laughs> and it was starting to be like, we may have strayed kind of far. From the issue. I, I, from I respect that too, Molly. A I, truly terrible issue. It's a terrible issue. I think your wrap up, like, it makes perfect sense. There is we can solve and there's there's that we need help solving. And the government has to do it. And the government has to do it. We need to get some number of these 50 senators to just listen to their spouses, their family members, their constituents, their children, and just take a long, deep look in the mirror. Is the NRA money worth it? And does reasonable gun control, if 90% of the country want it, why wouldn't you just take the win? We have to give them a path to winning in this reasonable gun control, not banning. If, once you say banning, this becomes unreasonable and becomes a binary switch. I want to ask we you, make actually, it a stat. Can we just make it a slider? Like, let's just add something that maybe reduces it. Can we try? Can we experiment? Just try. With the gun ban totally. and just try. I mean, please. And gun buybacks. Some, there was just a really successful program, actually, where well, they works. literally offered people gas money to turn their guns in great idea and got a great ton idea. of guns right so like we could raise a ton of money for buybacks maybe right like mm. let's get the let's get your rich friends raising money for buybacks i want to ask you a question as a okay. um as a master negotiator because i okay. did see someone a political commentator commentator say you know for decades literally mm. for decades democrats have been saying we're not trying to take your guns we're just talking about reasonable regulation yes that has not worked at all so like what if <laughs> <laughs> what if we said we're going to take your guns because that's it right like we've tried reasoning with you and there is mm. no conversation that you ever have with your spouse or your friend or your pastor or whatever that gets you there so now we're taking all your guns and that's the proposal and then do you end up backing out in an assault weapons ban mm. like i'm just like is the message like the messaging has not worked so do you take I the messaging been up both, a notch I or not i i would not escalate it that way yeah. i would try to build consensus around the mental health issue, because I think we can all agree on that because we all have kids, we all have kids, we've also seen what's happened during COVID, 
we all have seen people we know or even experienced ourselves mental health so it's kind of like I COVID think has when, made it worse like we do need a, men, a marshall oh, plan for I mental think health those two spikes are mental health so like i think marshall we, plan for mental health however absolutely. when you take a marsh when you take a mental health spike and add in more guns than there are americans yeah so what's happening now this is the perverse thing with the dialogue the people who are gun enthusiasts not reasonable gun control folks but the enthusiasts yeah. they believe that let's say let's say it's I'm making up a number 10% on each side, 10% of people want to ban the guns permanently, we come to your house, we take your guns, you have no more guns, not allowed, we change the constitution, then there's 10% on the other side who are like, I can buy whatever I want as much as I want. I'm not an evil person, I'm a responsible person. And it's in the document, I get to have them. Mm -hmm. If you if those two groups of people are the ones controlling the dialogue, yep. and the dialogue they're controlling is actually exacerbating the problem the people who are like we're going to get your guns eventually and and they're, they're vocal about it we want a, a ban on all guns uh, why do you need a gun um and uh, those are driving the sales because people are anticipating mm -hmm. that the ar-15 will be banned so every time a shooting happens the next day and this will happen we'll see it in the next two weeks you'll see a bunch of stories this happens every time that yeah. ar-15s are sold out People go buy these guns after these instances because they know there's a chance that that instance, I remember the Vegas shooting, I, how many people died in that? 40 or something? 50. 50 some. It was 50? Mm -hmm. Ay, ay, Like, they, after that, gun sales went through the roof because yep. they know that the, yep. the dialogue will be re-engaged. So, as a negotiator, I think we have to say, we, we want to stop people who have mental illness from acquiring guns. We just want this standard federal waiting period and every gun to go through every person to go through a background check full stop period that's it and my idea weapons on it ban. would be insurance and an I assault think, weapons ban like come on come on yeah I, that would be the next piece and you know if if we could get there i don't know that we can get there i, I think the other possibility is we create a, an organization that is not called the nra it's called um responsible gun ownership Mm -hmm. And we create an organization called Responsible Gun Ownership, or Responsible owners, right? Gun like Owners. RGO, yeah. Mm -hmm. RGO. We start RGO, Responsible mm -hmm. Gun Owners. This is how I would do it. We fund it with $250 million. Mm -hmm. And then we go to the 50 people who are on the right, and then some of the people on the left, and say, would you like to rejoin Responsible Gun Ownership? Here's the manifesto. One, yeah. two, three, four. Nobody needs 30 clips. Um, if you want an AR-15, you have to insure it, and you have to insure it based on the number of deaths that have occurred from this gun, right? That might be reasonable, uh, mm -hmm. or uh, something that could happen. And then we start giving money to people. Yeah. And you just out-donate the NRA. Now you're talking and like an And then a Republican American. has to say, am I taking, you know, 250K from the NRA or right. 500K from responsible gun owners? National right. Rifle Association sounds like a bunch of maniacs. Responsible gun owners sounds like the one you want. And That's then when great. you go, totally. Go, now we're off. talking. And then RGO sets up a fund for buybacks. Absolutely. Because some of what's going to happen if, is even yeah. if you have background checks and even if you have, there are so many guns now, yeah. you know, that it's like, it's hard to stop the back of the truck sales. So you start a huge fund and yeah. you take donations. Yeah. Because, you know, it, I always think about, um, 
there's like Mothers Against Drunk Driving. It's considered one of the most effective political campaigns in American history. Think and it was literally framing on that one. Think about the framing on that one because they were like, yeah. we are, our kids are dying. Yeah. And we are not having anymore. I mean, drunk driving was like not Ooh. illegal. And okay, Mothers wait, Against did... Drunk Driving came in and they were just like, nope. Yeah. Moms. I mean, you're going to argue Moms. with your mom. Right. Like, I'm not arguing with my mom. She's here. Right. She's in the other room. She came to town. I'm going to hit you with my Trust slipper. Me. And you better, she, but she's like, like, I, somebody said you dropped an F-bomb on your podcast. <laughs> God, here <laughs> we go. So here, here, you want to punch it up? We somehow incorporate in the RGO the word parents. So yes, responsible parents gun parents. owning parents. <laughs> you got GOP though, unfortunately. Um, oh. I, it's kind of a good troll. <laughs> it kind of is. R-G-O-P. R-G-O-P. <laughs> somebody but help me. Somebody mothers, in the, uh, mothers for responsible gun ownership. Parents, parents, parents for responsible parents. gun ownership. Mm-hmm. Parents for responsible gun ownership. Something like mm-hmm. that. That would do it if we if we did parents. Yeah, uh, and you have to. It has to be a lobbying organization. I mean, I think that's the mistake, right? Because public pressure does nothing in this country anymore. Like post post, post Citizens United, it's the money. In fact, somebody in the chat even said, like, figure out a way to uh, turn gun control into a money making opportunity, and boom, we're there. I have another solution here. Um, a friend of mine, he liked a certain asset and he decided maybe he'd buy it. Mm-hmm. He liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, cult is a company, right? They make the AR 15. Am I correct? I, I think AR 15 is the brand name of cult. Now cult is a company, right? Cult is a company in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Cult company. So maybe probably a trading wants, company. Maybe your friend wants to buy that and said, well, divest one start there. So who owns the cult company? Like, is it owned by? It's a 167-year-old uh, company. It's not public. Yeah. Dennis Velux is the CEO. It's in Hartford, Connecticut. Um, it's a subsidiary of a Czech holding company, Colt CZ Group. So it's not even wow. a U.S. company. Czech CZ Group has revenue of $6 billion. And um, it's got a bunch of subsidiaries. On it February bought, 11th, it was the company announced it $220 million? Sorry. $220 million. Why don't That's we just nothing. buy Colt? Let's buy that. Why don't we offer them three hundred million for cult? Great, and then we just go to the cult product line, and we take the AR fifteen out, and we leave the mm-hmm. other guns. Yeah, and then we have cult. If you want to buy a cult gun, you have it's to buy a lock. Uh, you have to buy a lock. You have to go through training. No, I mean like we make it fingerprint locked, right? Like we high tech sure. out of that thing. It's fingerprint locked. You have to go through sure. training. It has to be insured. Let's just buy cult, and then and then you just keep buying these things and taking them off the market. Love this. Love it. I think that would be an easier solution. I mean, I, I would just talked about putting 500 million. Like if we could just buy a piece of cult, mm-hmm. buy a controlling interest. Mm-hmm. Um, or if, th- if this company owns it, if this cult CZ group is publicly traded, which I can't tell if it's publicly traded. Let me just type in the word stock at the end of there. Cult CZ group stock price. And then you'll find out if it's publicly traded. Okay. It is a publicly traded company. The ticker symbol is FRA6QS, whatever that means. And the it doesn't even have a market cap here. Hmm. So anyway, I, I mean, there it. are there are probably other companies. It's got to be trading on foreign exchanges. It. Uh, but, it, you know, the it's always the problem with these foreign exchanges that you can't calculate because they're uh, the floats are different. The amount of shares available to the public can be All different. Right, so AR-15s, I, it looks like yeah. a lot of people make AR-15s. So there's yes. that. The question there is, is that. how do we buy Colt and make an AR-15 that's better? That's like 
you know, yeah. it, fingerprint, I, fingerprint secure. I, anyway, I mean, I, look, or like, just keep buying the companies. Just keep this buying is how, them. I, like, I really want to validate the idea of at least trying to find some solutions because honestly, it's so hopeless feeling right now. Like, it feels so hopeless yeah. that this is a problem that's been happening for five decades. Like, my entire life, adult life in America, my entire adult life in America, this has been happening. And we every didn't time when we were kids, the seventies and eighties, this didn't happen. Nineties, no, it really this started didn't. happening like. When did Columbine happen? That was the well, late the 90s. The assault weapon ban, yeah. And then the assault weapon ban expired in 2004. And mm -hmm. pretty much every major mass shooting since then has involved an AR-15. Yeah. Or at least it since is. like Tree of Life Synagogue. Like, so anyway, I, I think All we're right. just like, we're trying not to feel hopeless. That's what we're trying. Yeah. I, I, you know, I don't feel the need to explain my position on wanting to talk about it. Um, I absolutely think all discussions about this issue are great. Anybody with great ideas, bring them to the table. Let's yeah. go. I understand it's maybe the timing is a little bit off for me to immediately go to solutions. Uh, I oh, I want to go to those solutions. I just don't want to talk about. I have a partner about. in life and sometimes, I don't know if you've ever had this dynamic, Molly, where a partner you have, you know, there's a problem and you come in and you have solutions and they're like, yes. I'm not looking for a solution. I'm looking for a hug or something. This is such like, like a constant relationship conversation like literally it's a it's a it's a like it's a refrain in my relationship it's like do you want me to listen or solve yes like and we'll ask each other specifically yeah. because otherwise like immediately it's like solve 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 and listen i want to i would spend are, do you wait which one are you are you default listener default solver uh i can or you like be, flex? i know it doesn't seem like it but i can annoyingly be default solver like I think I'm you're default solver for sure. Yeah, I'm default solver for sure. For sure. I mean, journalist slash turned investor slash mm -hmm. broadcaster. You're a default solver. Yeah, I am. And I annoyingly most like default you solver. This, you need to do this. I, you need to do this. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm the ultimate default solver, and like, I've had to retrain myself that not everybody goes to solution. Like, yeah. And it was just my training, like as a working on an ambulance, being a black belt in karate. You know, ha having this experience that I grew up with was something tragic happens take action yes and so you're when you're running into a car accident or somebody's on the ground like the first call i ever went on the ambulance was somebody had been stabbed right above their heart that set my brain up for when go, there's a go, tragedy go. take action mm -hmm. and we had to go in and put the mask pants on that person and you know cut their members only jacket which i remember it like it was yesterday my god this, this italian guy had been stabbed in a fight over a girl outside of tj bentley's in Ridge, brooklyn third avenue and 71st street i believe and uh he's wearing a members only jacket and he's his whole chest is like his whole this is blood everywhere and uh guy on the ambulance says cut the jacket i you have shears they're incredibly sharp but they have a little round circle at the tip of them mm -hmm. so that you can take your shears you know and not stab somebody with them right but you can just zip right up their jacket or like zip right up paper. a pair of jeans they cut like that wow so i shear his jacket and i cut the arm of his jacket because we can't get we can't get it off of him so i'm just shearing it off we just open up and i shear his shirt he goes oh my members only jacket i remember like it was yesterday oh my god the uh, the, the, the emt wow. in charge turns around puts his hands on the guy's shoulders looks him dead in the eyes and says guy you got a lot more problems than this jacket and like my heart just sunk and then when i got the shirt off i kid you not like a like a public school water fountain that you know just dribbles water oh, out. Oh, Jason! Group, group, just like every heartbeat, just a little bit of blood. Droop, droop, 
And they were like, this guy's not making it. And we had to put the mask pants on him, which is a blood pressure cuff that was created in, I don't know if it's World War II, but when you are have lost so much blood, they yeah. put these blood pressure cuffs, mast pants on your legs, and we blow them up like a blood pressure cuff in order to take the blood in your legs and send it to your organs so we get another three or four minutes to get you to the hospital. He was saved. We saved him. Uh, it was the first call I ever went on. My, my brother Josh's first, second call as a firefighter. His second call. You want to yeah. take a guess at what that was? I, I mean, I know the story and you should. 9-11. Yeah. 9-11. I so know. a family of service. <laughs> like, yeah. And you know, it's just, it's the way I'm wired. So yeah. uh, for folks and who are still grieving. I want to be clear. I would spend three hours talking about solutions to gun control. I just wanted to get us off the swimming pools. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I'm like Sorry, about. I went down the swimming pool rabbit like, hole. I'm just like. Like my version of, of action oriented is like only the big thing. Like every other noise goes away. Yeah. And I like laser in on the one thing. And then when I, you know, anyway, yes. I'm anyway, a, I think I'm this, an is, what's, this is what's solver. making our pod work is that you and I are slightly different. Yeah. And we have these like very engaging discussions. I think this yeah. is a very engaging discussion and uh, everybody gets to listen into it. Uh, yeah. What what do we pivot to now? Uh, because <laughs> this is going to be an even harder pivot. <laughs> so no matter uh, what, pools. it's going to be an awkward Cerebral? pivot. Maybe cerebral is a way to go now, actually. Mental yes. health. Cerebral is perfect because we have a massive mental health crisis. And companies that are just trying to uh, go ahead and come in and vulture right off of it. Okay. So we've uh, been. So I want to yeah. preface this by saying our producers have been up on this story for Weeks. a month or longer, particularly oh, producer month, yeah. Rachel, over a month. Cerebral is a mental health startup that provides telehealth subscriptions to Adderall and other stimulants. It oh. has uh, recently been probed by the DOJ over its prescription methods. Now, if you're okay. like under 30, you uh, have most likely gotten an ad, evidently, like on TikTok or Instagram or anywhere for a telehealth prescription in the last year because all these regulations yes. were loosened during COVID. And, and actually, right. both anecdotally and I think scientifically, there were a lot of... Um, there were a lot more... Uh, diagnoses of ADHD in kids because once kids went home to remote learning, whatever mm. ADHD they had had, all of a sudden was like rendering them non-functional, right? Because you can't, because if like, if you have an attention problem and then you're trying to learn on a screen and mm -hmm. school is suddenly the world's shittiest TV show, like, yeah, forget it's it. It's brutal. Yeah. I mean, and also being in a room with other people who are paying attention will make you pay attention more. Yes. So there's like a peer effect, just like going to the movie theater and not taking your phone out and not talking might be slightly different when you're in a movie theater with 100 people than when you're home watching a movie, you might very much talk to your partner yep. or whoever else is in the room and you might very much take out your phone, right? So there is some peer totally. uh, impact there as well. Yeah. So, and so these diagnoses were going way up, the telehealth regulations were were mm -hmm. loosened, and companies came into, let's say generously, fill the void, mm -hmm. including this mental health startup Cerebral, um, which was prescribing Adderall, Xanax, other controlled substances. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Xanax is a highly addictive, deadly product. Like, I know somebody who overdosed on Xanax. It's oh, God, very really? dangerous. Yeah, like when I was a kid, um, somebody mm -hmm. had depression and they had a Xanax prescription. But from what I understand, I'm no doctor, but uh, in that instance, I was educated that it's highly addictive um, and it, um, you know, it could 
basically kill you if you take yeah. too many Xanax. And it's recreationally a very popular drug. I mean, I've been out and seen people offer each other a Xanax and have a cocktail, which seems like yeah. a really dangerous idea uh, because it calms people down and it makes them, you know. And in, um, in moderation, it can help people in the same with Adderall. It's highly abused. It's a schedule two drug, but it can, you know, really help people with ADHD. But basically, I think what happened is that that cerebral and, you know, uh, we have some experience with this made it just uh, absurdly easy to get these prescriptions. Like it was like the ADHD pre-screening behavioral questionnaire takes two minutes at, to go through. And the questions are like, how often are you distracted by activity or noise around you? Um, yeah. Always? How, how do you guess that one? How that often reminded do you... of me when I took my gun test in California. The questions were so obvious that I didn't read the book. The guy's like, you'll pass it. You don't need to read the book. Just go over there and do it. Yeah. And I looked at the book. Somebody had put a little dot next to the right answers. Uh, I don't know if it's the owner of the place or whatever. But anyway, there was one question that was like, what's the proper way to store a handgun? And it was like in a locked box with the gun in one lockbox and the bullets in another lockbox. Another one was holding it in the air. Oh, my God. Holding it towards the ground in a holster. And I was like, well, gee, process of elimination. I'm guessing waving a gun in the air or the ground is not a great idea. A holster seems pretty reasonable. But my gosh, a lockbox seems the most reasonable. So I'm going to go ahead and go with A. I'm going to go with A. And literally, with a. those were all the questions. I got like two questions wrong. And the questions I got wrong were about um, the caliber of guns. Like, uh, and like they had, you know, some questions about what were the caliber of different types of guns. And I was like, yeah. I have no idea like what the caliber of rifles are versus whatever. I mean, I did subsequently. Um, so, yeah. so it's these those questions. questions. I saw a chat log. Mm-hmm. Of these questions mm -hmm. and answer from somebody who knew somebody mm -hmm. who did it it was a joke it's a joke like an absolute joke yeah do you ever lose your keys at home oh adderall for you like what <laughs> uh okay <laughs> oh okay do you feel anxiety is yeah keeping you from do from focusing at work yeah i do it's like, well, let me say, Xanax, let me think here. Adderall, Xanax, Adderall. Is it Tuesday? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I need some Tuesday, Xanax. yeah. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, no problem. It's, we're, we're sliding into the weekend, everybody. Uh, okay, so. Julio time. So it's so easy. So the DOJ announces this investigation. And at that point, then, Cerebral board members uh, replaced the CEO, Kyle Robertson, yes. who was also a co-founder. He controls okay. three of the seven board seats. I mean, okay, this is just the majority, fascinating. Yeah. But close did not attend the meeting where this was decided. So they like okay. snaked him. Um, as producer Justin says, one point for governance. They cut his access to Slack without advance notice. He had not agreed to depart his role as of Tuesday of last week. He's contesting the outcome of the election, if you will. And gotcha. he he has claimed that it was like illegal, and he th said he's being made a scapegoat for the company's issues. So it's turned into this like huge drama mm. with uh, this guy. Kyle sort of refusing to leave. Dr. David Mao, the president and chief medical officer and a board certified psychiatrist, mm. which Kyle Robertson is not, uh, will now take over the CEO position. And they're sort of just trying to like do whatever they can to move mm. past this. But yeah. it's a mess. It's a mess. Um, I, there's, it's, there are probably a class of drugs that are not abused uh, or don't have as much abuse potential um, that people 
can responsibly do telemedicine for and in a pandemic. Sure, it's responsible. You probably want as a psychiatrist before giving psychiatric drugs to be doing at the minimum a video consultation. But my understanding is these were just chat. They were not video. Mm-hmm. So, I so I think one of the producers knows somebody who knew Audio. somebody you do call who did this you, you do, do a call, call. Mm-hmm. so I mean if one of the producers wants to explain what their friend told them I'm, I'm okay with that if they don't that's okay too but I, I know one of our producers had a friend who had a friend who did it and mm-hmm. had a good experience or had a, a seamless experience but a way too good experience it's a chat log and then a phone call occurs mm-hmm. is that right yep uh, a friend of yours had an experience with this and, and related to you it's a chat that's very easy to answer the questions followed by a, a brief phone call. Basically like a type form survey and ah. then followed up by schedule an appointment, like a Calendly link, uh-huh. basically like that. And then uh-huh. uh, you go through some verification as to who you are with just like license uploading and yeah, yeah, yeah. then a, a, a phone call. I think sometimes it is a video call. Uh, I'm not sure what it is. For I wonder how long the phone call is, like a five, 10 minute co- phone call or something. The phone call usually less than 30 minutes. Yeah. A few people. I've All right. To. I would say if this is not video um, and doesn't have one in person, it probably, unless it was like in a very rural area where it was super inconvenient to get there, this, these kind this schedule of drugs, maybe a little friction would be better. Yeah. It's, you know, it's really interesting because it arcs right back to the top of the show, which is like, what problems can can tech solve? Like, it seems really, you know, we tend to sort of want to be like, well, we're in this pandemic. There are growing mental health issues. They are real. Like kids Mm -hmm. are being diagnosed with ADHD because they're failing at school and with remote learning and people have uh, anxiety for very real reasons. Mm -hmm. We'll come in with telehealth and like make this easier. And then in some ways, that's great. And in other ways, maybe there should in fact be more friction. Like producer Rachel points out her sister is 17 and could totally steal her ID and fake this. Like if we had electronic medical records that this could connect to, like there, Uh. there are services now that are doing, um, you know, prescribing ketamine for treatment resistant depression. I know and somebody they, who's doing this company. It's like, I think there's one mind bloom. I do and there's too. Another mind bloom. One. Yeah. Yeah. Mind bloom is why there's another one. Um, and they're doing ketamine lozenges. Um, right. Which uh, I guess help with depression or something uh, and anxiety, but I don't think it's without cost. So, you right. know, if you're it's doing expensive, it right. First of all, oh, which I think, is, yeah. I think it's valuable that it's expensive, but also like, I sort of feel like, in that case, if it's treatment resistant depression, they should be able to access. I mean, I know we have like the electronic health records in this country on top of everything yeah. else. But imagine if you could sort of interface with those health records and say there is a verifiable history of this. And if there's not, then you need to see a doctor in person. Yeah, I think a counselor in a lot of these situations is critically important and a mm-hmm. counselor that is specific to you. So they can get a read on if this is an abuse type situation or it's a legitimate use of the drugs. Yeah. Um, if if there is like some super downside to it, I don't know how Mind Bloom works if that requires an in-person consultation or if it's all virtual. Um, but I did hear from somebody who's working on that MAPS organization, um, which is like the pro psychedelic MDMA that um, I think it's Portland. Well, I'm sorry, Oregon um, is going to um approve 
psilocybin, the active ingredient in uh, mushrooms for PTSD therapy and stuff. Yeah, and that MDMA great. is going to become next year, uh, federally, possibly uh, prescribable for therapists and, and mm. couples therapists and PTSD and all that stuff, which is actually where it originated. So if you don't know MAPS, that's the multidisciplinary association for psychedelic studies. And um, I met the person who started at some point and then my friend Tim Ferriss, there's a name drop, um, has been um, donating a bunch of his Uber windfall to uh, different organizations. I think John Hopkins is doing a study for him. Mm. I don't know, I think it's MDMA. So I think those two MDMA, aka Molly. Um, and uh, so I own, um, will be the first two to um, be at therapist. And I think they're going to specifically work with an interesting beachhead market, the VA. Yeah, great. Because Good. we have all these PTSD soldiers who saw horrible things in war. And it turns out, you know, some of these psychedelics and uh, MDMA can help them in therapy, resolve issues. Uh, I was talking to a friend who's working on these studies, they said like, it's can be 10 times faster yeah. to resolve these issues, because people can access their emotions. And if you're suffering from PTSD, and you're a tough soldier, you know, you it might be a hard nut to crack, it might take 10 years of therapy. And they mm -hmm. said, like, it's unbelievable, Jason, like, you, you might have somebody in three sessions, process the death of a friend or, you know, a horrible instance. Um, so I like to it's, keep an open mind towards this stuff. But this one seems a little bit, maybe taking too much friction out. And if it was for, you know, we, we had a company that was doing um, people's hepatitis C and you know, UTI medications. And so if that's embarrassing, and it's a pain in the neck for a woman to go to the doctor or a male to go to the doctor for ED medicine, like those kind of things, like, mm -hmm. eh, like, yeah, sure. You know, like, th that doesn't seem like Xanax where you could die from it. There's a there's a valid use of Xanax, there's abuse of Xanax. I mean, it's pretty obvious here, folks. There's a drug called I was looking this up because I talked to a startup that is trying to that is using there's a drug called Ibogaine, which is a member yeah. of that um, psychedelic Family yeah, gain is like a another plant medicine. Um, it's a, yeah, and what it's not shown, ayahuasca. No, not but psilocybin, it's in, but it's and much like one. mushrooms, right? It, it's yeah. in that family of psychedelics. But they say that it, but it can interrupt the brain loop of opiate addiction. Yes, like, I did hear what about I that. Think is so fascinating about all this is I'm obsessed with the sort of like the physical part of neuropsychology, like talk therapy. You know, there really are literally the grooves that yep. get carved in your brain. And yes. so no matter how much you talk, like the idea about talking about it is that you can regroup, re regroove, yeah, but some of these med, but some of these medications that enable neuroplasticity smooth out the grooves. Like it's yeah. literally physical. You know, we think of the brain at, like it's not a physical thing. It's part of our body. It's yeah. literally physical. And I'm like obsessed with this as a topic. I just think it's so interesting and wow. makes perfect sense as an area of study that you don't necessarily need to get uh, through an app. And a ton of... Well, and startups have a, a role to play here because a lot of these drugs are going to need to have um, some delivery mechanism around them. So with there are therapists who need to be trained in this mm -hmm. um, and uh, there are settings. So if you've ri read Michael Pollan's great book, A Whole New Mind, I uh, mm -hmm. highly recommend it. He talks about set and setting. Yes. So the setting uh, and the context of this uh, and your intentionality are absolutely critical. That's why like, just doing massively psychoactive drugs and going to a rave is like one experience like, Oh, look at the pretty lights. But 
that's not going to be the experience of being in with a therapist saying, hey, this traumatic thing happened to me. It makes me sad. My friend mm -hmm. died. You know, um, my mom and dad didn't love me enough. Whatever your trauma is or whatever issue you're going through, you know, he's, he's very clear that, you know, having some intentionality uh, and, the, and the setting and the context and, and the process that you go through. Also, the dose is super important. Mm -hmm. That's the reason this is actually so important that we come up with back to having a functional government and a legal structure here yeah you know if you take too much or too little these things don't work or they or they, they have unintended consequences so you know somebody taking this ibogaine is it called ibogaine. It mm -hmm. i mean who knows like it, you right. know well one unit of ibogaine you know might do nothing five might be absolutely perfect for dealing with your opioid addiction and 10 might make you more addicted who knows mm -hmm. like these are right. very powerful you know uh, drugs that need to be studied and that's where legalization comes in i i really think like there's like this fentanyl thing is a super drug that kills people but then the other things would give people a path who want to use or are in the loop it would give them a path to get the experience of getting high and forgetting about their problems but maybe incrementally work towards resolving their problems mm -hmm. and if they only have one option which is a five or ten dollar hit of fentanyl on turk street you know here in san yeah. francisco like what what have we done we've just yeah. routed people to the darkest outcome yeah and, and that's i think you know the the problem with san francisco is they, they've they've really incented everybody in the country who is addicted to this to come to one location for the least policing and the lowest price and and it's a really hard thing that took I a think. turn well <laughs> everybody in the country uh it turns out the i think it's something like 80 or 90 percent of the people who are addicted to fentanyl in san francisco and in, in in those shelters and everything are not from san francisco wow we are importing them uh because every, anybody who is addicted knows there are certain places in the country that are permissive and certain places if you go score fentanyl you're going to be in jail you don't want to mm -hmm. be in the south and mm -hmm. like be smoking fentanyl on the street in alabama i think the cops are going to tackle you and put you in jail for six months mm. whereas like where can you do it out in the open and where can you steal out in the open from walgreens and get a bed and get services so if you pay for something you might get more of it and it turns out the price of drugs is directly correlated with policing yeah. Yeah. higher policing means your drug dealers and I, listen, and some of them are victims too. I get it. Because the drug dealers are off the street for three weeks, you have to hire another drug dealer. So now you're paying for two drug dealers, your cost goes up. So the yeah. reason when, when you have no policing, the drugs become a 100 times cheaper, 10 times cheaper than they do in places with serious policing, like to, to deal drugs in Japan, like you're going to jail in a Japanese prison, which is not pleasant for 10, 20 years, you know, if you do in Singapore, you're going to jail for life. So the cost is so high that the drugs are extremely expensive because to be a drug dealer means you're right. going to jail Risking for life. your life. Yeah. yeah totally. I mean, you're literally going hmm. to get put to death in some countries. And so I'm not advocating for that, but having no cost means costs become extremely attractive to an addict who only right. cares about the next hit. That's just how pernicious the drug is. Yeah. So, That's you know, horrible. with startups doing this stuff, I think having some, uh, the one thing I like about this story, if I'm being honest, is that the president is a board certified psychiatrist now the new guy yeah the new guy well mm -hmm. was he with the company before yeah or yeah, no? yeah yeah the new ceo so they so did have somebody so they you know. did have him yeah i mean 
there there were there were probably always benefits to this. It's just like it was too easy. It was too easy because you're incentivized to then get an eighty dollar yeah. a month subscription, right? It's like a private healthcare. I bet you issue. the other. I bet you they're paying the doctors on consultation, uh, and that could also be a problem here mm. because if you're a doctor, the quicker you get off the phone and do another prescription, you get more payment. So the incentive could be problematic here. Right. Maybe a solution is the doctors have to be full-time staff getting a full-time salary and not be paid based upon yeah. per, like it's, it's gig work. I it's have a right. feeling this is gig work. Probably. So it's like an Uber driver is going to drive, sadly, you know, Uber drivers, Lyft drivers, DoorDash drivers, sometimes they're unsafe drivers because the f time is money. The faster they drive, the more drives they can do, the more money they make. And so there's, there needs right. to be some guardrails yeah. on that, which is why they are checking people's speeds. Right. You know, like, uh, which is, and, it's, and, stuff like and that. it's sort of like, I feel like that's phase two of, because we, the, the pandemic, they loosened restrictions on telehealth, which was really important and saved a lot of lives. And you had to get people access to health. And then phase two needs to be, if you're operating a telehealth company, what are the rules? And maybe some of those are the rules. Like you can't have gig work or you can't have commission. Right. Like you shouldn't have, there shouldn't probably be commission. And I'm not saying that they have this, but if they did, there probably should not be commission, say, on how many people you sign up for your Adderall subscription. That's obviously going to be a distorting mechanism that you don't want. So I sort of feel like phase two, if we had a functioning government, <sighs> would be to mm -hmm. come up with some rules on how these things should operate. I mean, one of the nice things, like when you go to France is they've really thought this through, like if you want to get a Z pack, you know, like the, you know, if you get the flu or whatever, they're like, you can buy that over the counter, the pharmacist can just consult with you. Right. And so when I was there, I had a cold, I was like, you know, I got this kind of like, symptoms, I don't want to get graphic. <laughs> uh, and he's like, well, what colors are phlegm? And I was like, Oh, gosh, yeah, this is really right. graphic. But anyway, right. he's like, yeah, Z pack is for you. You it's, it's viral, or it's not viral, whatever. I guess I can tell from some of these things. Um, breaking news as we wrap the show, Jack Dorsey mm -hmm. has stepped down from Twitter's board today. The board was meeting today. Uh, they had a shareholder meeting. I don't know if that means they're releasing their results because I thought during this transaction they weren't going to re release results. They said they would stop releasing results. Um, but uh, it seems like does it seem like it got kind of ugly though? This meeting, like evidently, he was accused. Um, of backstabbing his Twitter board, his own Twitter board by helping Elon Musk as shareholders met. Like, I can't tell if this was like a rage quit or if he was always intending to quit, but it sounds like it was I, not. Sounds like it may have been a slightly pointed. He, he was going to quit when he, he was going to resign because he was, when he came down as CEO, I think there was some natural tension happening between Square's product roadmap. Yeah. And, or I'm sorry, Block's roadmap and Twitter's, i.e., payments. And in the Elon Musk plan um, that people have covered in the press, there was talk of payments being a significant portion of that. Mm. If Jack is doing Cash App mm -hmm. and Twitter mm -hmm. has their own Cash App, he's CEO or on the board of two companies with the same thing. This yeah. similar thing happened with uh, Eric Schmidt, who was on the board famously of Apple and then launched and bought Android and launched right. a competing product. And then and he was like still down. on the board for a minute, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Steve Jobs was not pleased about it. Right. Um, all right. So there's your show for Wednesday. We got through it. Whew. Um, 
you know, it's, it's not easy to talk about these topics, but I want to be able to talk about the hardest topics possible. Thank you, Molly, for participating. I yeah, it's not easy sometimes. Thank you, audience, for things. rolling with us. I mean, it is. Yeah. It, look, we're all real time processing together, and hopefully, we can yeah. extend each other that grace because we need to. We need to do it. Let's have the hard conversations, and mm -hmm. uh, I will. I didn't get to the uh, Parma Lucky video, uh, but mm -hmm. I will. this is not like. Jimmy Kimmel with Matt Damon saying, we couldn't get to Matt Damon, but we'll get to him next show. You know that bit he Isn't did forever. It? I know, totally. <laughs> so it's, it's definitely not that. But tomorrow, I promise you, at the end of tomorrow, the show, I will happen. go over absolutely the Palmer Lucky saga. And that, if, that, that episode will be released on All In, and I will release the This Week in Startups tape here and get Molly's reaction to it. But you're, are you up on it? Did you read the... Uh, they made a little synopsis for us. So if you haven't read it, they'll give you the synopsis, which has like the timelines. I'm on it. Oh no, I'll be oh. I'll be up to date. Oh yeah. Just want to make sure you're up to date while we don't explain you worry. the context of what happened. I'm all about the prep. Yeah, it's good. It's gonna be a. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a dishy, dishy week to come. Well, that's the big debate right now. Should all in release the? Oh. Should all in release this with me having a comment at the end of it, or should we release it here? Um. Mm. I don't feel comfortable releasing it without me giving some context because I don't think people understand. What actually happened? Nick, do you mm -hmm. want to chime in on this? What you think is the best solution? Should, you, a, third, I mean, should a neutral third party give the context? I don't know. Maybe? Producer Nick, what, were your, what, what are your yeah. thoughts on what, what the right way to do this is? Because I think it's a very exciting moment. I don't have a problem releasing the Palmer Lucky all in talk. Yeah, you got to do I that. Th I think it's kind of like a really exciting moment. And I, th I thought it was a really exciting resolution. And I, I kind of feel like maybe now Palmer and I, we're not besties, but I feel like maybe we could talk to each other and that's a good thing. Um, he's doing important work in the world. Um, but what do you think, Nick, is the proper way for me to put context around this? Because there needs to be some context because I don't know that people understand why I said the things I said. And we certainly didn't get there without spoiling the episode in our discussions. Yeah, I shared my thoughts yesterday with you guys, with the besties, obviously. Uh, so when, when this was happening, I was up in the control room and I was like, my immediate thought was like, why would Jason say that? What that what's such a terrible thing to say about someone? What was mm. happening at the time mm -hmm. that why would he say something right. like that? Right. And right. he Palmer doesn't really explain the the scenario of what was going on. He says, you know, I donated to this Hillary thing. But in my head, I'm like, you know, you, I, as I know you, uh, the the one thing that's constant about you is supporting founders relentlessly. So I Absolutely. was I had this crazy cognitive dis dissonance like what? Like, was he just like a crazy person? Because that was obviously before I got to launch. I'm like, that sounds insane. Yeah. And then, I, you know, after doing all the digging and the research and, and hearing the context of what you said, it was, I, I use the word uh, satisfying, not satisfying that, you know, obviously people could decide who's right and wrong in the situation, but satisfying in a sense that you're like, oh, he, okay, this makes yeah. a lot more sense now. Um, what I will say is- th The context some, makes sense. The mm -hmm. whole, it it mm -hmm. helps it so much. And I actually think it makes it, an even better episode because you're it's almost like um like a tarantino movie like you get to the end and you're like oh here's actually how this all started and mm -hmm. it's it's a, it's a good kind of tie up for the whole thing so let the I, let what happened at all in summit play yep. out and then mm -hmm. i come on and say here's yep. the context here's the clip where i said what he quoted yeah you can decide for yourself if he represented that properly and here's what I was referring to. Exactly. Bullet point, bullet point, bullet point, bullet point, objective bullet points from third party sources. Mm -hmm. Yep. Not in my opinion. So here is what third party sources said about the instance. And here is my words. Yeah. Unedited. 
specifically, I mean, you'll see this in the clip. I, I don't think I'm really spoiling anything, but Palmer says in the thing, something about you, he's like, you, you said, I don't care about my family or you attack my family. We, so that's a little bit of a mischaracterization of what you said. And I okay. mentioned in all in yesterday, I'm like, I don't, he could have just, that could have been an honest mistake out of rage or he could have been doing it on purpose. I don't know. But essentially, uh, so Evoking Ian Thompson- somebody's family is an intense thing to do. Right. But he was like, you like told, you said, I don't care about my family. Right. Right. I believe that's what he said. I, I have to double right. check. I, but it was I something did not along say those that. Lines. I said something completely different. The intent was And different. you not only said something different, you actually weren't, you were responding. So Ian Thompson was on the show from the Register. Journalist, great, awesome. He's he's a yeah, news roundtable guest Ian a bunch Thompson. of times. We have yeah, on. we should have him back on. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. amazing. And he was saying, you know, he he makes a point right before you say that. He says Oculus just lost a ton of customers after the bot. It came out that he was like funding this uh, thing, hosting yeah. the bot farm, now. yeah, right or mm-hmm. whatever it was. And you then say, like this guy. Like, if you're in this position at this company, you need to, uh, you clearly don't care about your coworkers. You don't care about their families. You don't care. But you were responding to him saying yes. that they lost these customers, right? right. Th- meaning like, okay, they lose the customers and then maybe they get less funding. Maybe some yes. of them get fired. Get you got to think whatever. about the ramifications of your behavior because it wonder, doesn't affect just you. It affects also people's families. I right. wonder in a like producer brain, is it better to set that all up before you play the Palmer Lucky thing, because I worry that if you come out of it and it's you, that it might sound like a little bit of a rebuttal, especially like a defensive. Yeah, I mean, I think it'll be on you to make sure it doesn't sound defensive because it, you exactly had such correct. a nice moment on stage. Yeah. So I'm almost wondering that, just as yeah. an exercise, if that context is better set up at the beginning, like, hmm, Hey, you're going to hear a lot in this interview before you go in or if that then predisposes it people to be biased against what he says of what happens and yeah. so i think it's almost I think like you have to do it after but you got to like i almost wonder if someone else should set up the clips than you possible yeah or just I be mean, aware right be aware that you don't want to make it sound like now you're coming on and contradicting everything he said after you had that nice moment on stage. Here, here was my plan yeah um i obviously was taken back by what palmer did mm-hmm. and said um and i didn't remember exactly what i said but i do remember some of it so i went back and i thought it would be helpful for all of us as we resolve this issue and put it to bed Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to just hear exactly what i said and the context of it just so you know and i know that this could come across as defensive uh, but there there is context that's important here because people listening to this episode might not understand what he was talking about right totally uh and so since people might not understand it Here's just four basic facts of what I was responding to. And here's the unedited tape. You can decide for yourself. I know this might come across as defensive, but I would like actually to put this to bed for both of us and we can both move forward. Um, and here's just the extra context in case this was confusing. And again, yeah, I know it. this might come across as defensive, but I really am just presenting this in the spirit of putting a bow on this and giving everybody a tight resolution mm-hmm. to what occurred. And I wish Palmer Lucky all the success in the world. And to be fair, you were somewhat mischaracterized, which is also fine. But so. if I say that, <laughs> no, right, right, it looks right. like no. I'm like, I was mischaracterized and will, here's the transcript. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you can't will, say you were mischaracterized. They can, can go ahead and, they can go ahead and, you know, Chamath can be like, so no, you no, were the totally mischaracterized. Aren't be on it. They don't want to do it. Oh, they don't, they okay. don't want to come on with me for the rebuttal or the 
I wouldn't even call it a rebuttal. I would say the explainer. It's they context. They don't want to come in yeah. for the explainer. It's, it's just context. context. It's just context, but I don't think I, it's I, so I think the way you just said it is perfect. And by the way, the way Jason, I trust you to do this by yourself and make it unbiased because I've seen you do this before. You're good at that. Mm-hmm. You are. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, mean, I don't I'm think not, it's a problem. I, I, I never put out there that like in a 1400 episodes, this is going to be like a perfect, you know, tight, like, you know, review thing. It's a live show. Yep. I give my initial reaction. I, it's subject to change. Um, and obviously, I'm not right. I'm exploring topics like we did today. Today's show is a perfect example. We're yeah, exploring yeah. topics. For some people, it was too soon. For some people, it's just right. And we can we can disagree about that. And listen, if somebody pulls the tape from 20 years and or 200 years, yes, some things might seem I peculiar mean, or people's opinions might change over time. We have all... We, any one of us who has been broadcasting for the better part of our adult lives yeah, has pissed someone off. Uh, you think? Yeah. You know, like, yeah, I mean, you got a list, you got a list. I mean, I trust, I also trust you to make it as uh, the way you just said it is perfect. I totally agree. And I can't believe those weenies aren't going to come on with you. (laughs) Well, I think for them, like, they don't want to. I'm like team Jason. Well, no, they, they were team Jason, uh, you know, in fairness, uh, no, they were you great. Know, you'll, you'll hear that they were, they were, they really much, very much came to my defense, which was great. Yep. Um, unnecessary, but delightful, yeah. um, and fair. I think they were fair about it. Um, especially Freeberg, which I think people were kind of taken back that he had that like really emotional. high level of emotional mm-hmm. intelligence, but you know, Freeberg also is, um, his point of doing the podcast. He said this many times on the air is he wants people to be able to have hard discussions uh, and think from first principles and move forward as a society. So he mm-hmm. felt like that was the ultimate uh, example of that, of people yeah. with differences, you know, agreeing on something that's more important than their differences. Like our differences over Hillary posting and Trump are not as important as protecting Taiwan or Ukraine mm-hmm. or the country from all kinds of terrorists and other right. attacks. Or children. Uh, yeah. Or children, right? Like, so... The person has, you know, I, I believe this, Bomber Lucky is obviously absurdly talented. P- perhaps he's a savant, a genius level talent. I don't know, as an entrepreneur. I mean, Oculus and then Andrew. I mean, this is not a coincidence that he's able to do what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, he's obviously super talented. So, in a way, it's more important for society, for the two of us to kind of be able to look at all the good things he's doing. And yeah, if there's things we disagree about, we can disagree about them. But well, hey, man, we need to move on and solve big, real problems in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was always my intent. Anyway, great show, everybody. Wait, before uh, you go, I have, one, I have one short thing to say that I thought uh-oh. was the most amazing thing from it. So obviously, Palmer going up there, as you said before, it, it took some guts to do that Cojones. at your house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Totally, some stones from that guy. And then it was funny. There was a lot of murmuring going on while everyone was like, oh my God, is Jason going to come out? Is Jason, is he okay? Do we need to get this guy off the stage? All this are nonsense, his, right? Are his and brothers like, going to kill Palmer Lucky right now? I, yeah, yeah. I'm like, is my dad going to get a murder charge? Yeah, I'm, like, I'm like, can we call the mayor? Make sure the mayor's on speed by in case anyone gets arrested. No, but I'm like, yeah, I, I was like, I think I told my dad, like, take it easy, cowboy. Like, he doesn't need to go off. The He's fine. And there was someone next to me and, and they were uh, like, oh my God, what's going on? And I'm like, I guarantee you, I pro- I would bet my life, Jason is going to be the first person out the door on that stage. Because they're like, I don't know if he's going to come out, what's going to happen. I'm like, I guarantee you, he's the first one out on the stage. <laughs> oh, I couldn't wait course, to get out you there. Go, you go right next to him. I was yeah, like I Mike Tyson getting <laughs> yes, in the ring. Yeah. I was like, let's go. You're like, I was like, oh, but not, you weren't looking to fight. You were mm-hmm. lo- like, okay, let's talk about this. Like, I yeah. clearly said some things and you felt this way about yeah. it. And let's have a discussion. And it was amazing. Yeah. That is my, uh, for me, 
when I say like Mike Tyson or Conor McGregor, like being in that debate is something I would absolutely cherish and look forward to. I mean, I wish that I had a, a moment like that every year where somebody disagree with me and we could just, you know, really uh, go at it and, and debate it. You know, like I invited the people from XRP on the pod, you know, uh, mm -hmm. uh, Brad. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I have known him and I see him socially sometimes, but he doesn't want to come on the pod. And I want to have that debate. Is XRP a security or not? Some people just don't want to come on and, and have a debate about stuff. And I kind of yeah. feel like it's, uh, you know, it's a missed opportunity. You know, it's a missed opportunity. I like that we had a little debate today um, and, mm -hmm. you know, a deep, important discussion. To me, the rest of my day is I'm going to have more energy. Yeah. I'm going to be more intellectually stimulated. Yeah. You know, like this. this Good because you got a couple of adries to do. Oh God, this show is so successful. Uh, kind of raise the price of the ads. The ads are too cheap. <laughs> they just keep selling out. Keep adding days of the week. Mm -hmm. uh, We're blessed. Right. We're, We're blessed. blessed. We're blessed. We got, uh, you know what? And the partners, they're just, they're great partners. I enjoy reading the ads.